Hi, and welcome to Pockets Full of Soup. I'm Jared Petty, your host. Today I'm joined by... Brian Altano. That's really... That's oh, first of all, that's my name. That's the name of your show is Pockets Full of Soup. You know, yeah. it's like that's scientifically impossible, right? No, I it's happened. I've done it. I've had pockets full of soup. Like both pockets? Yeah, multiple pockets full of soup. Uh, in Japan, where I used to live, they had at a cold uh, winter's morning, you could go to the vending machine uh-huh. outside the grocery store, and they had a row of cold drinks, and then they had a row of hot drinks that you could buy in these little cans, and they sell this delicious corn soup in these little heated cans. They're sealed. And so sometimes when I was really, really cold, I would buy several of them and fill my coat and pants pockets with them and use them to keep warm. So I kept my pockets full of soup and it kept me warm on a cold day. Wow, really? Yeah, really. They were cheap. You know, I was just like, man, I'm freezing. So just fill your pockets up with soup. And- you know, like my my dog ate half a string of Christmas lights once and shit it out, but I didn't <laughs> name my podcast that. Well, no, but I mean, I, I'm also creatively bankrupt so i'm just coming up with the best i can i love it i love where you are well this is uh the the idea is that this is sort of a a tiny uh a tiny beacon of warmth and and joy and happiness or at least sincerity not always happiness uh in the midst of the swirling angry maelstrom of of media and uh and all the shouting that goes on around it so people's like phones that deliver podcasts to their ears are technically like tiny cans of hot corn soup that's the idea yeah all right, now now I totally get it. Except it goes to their brain and their and their their heart and uh, other organs in their bodies. See, it takes a minute, but I think then then there it is. It's really a silly name, but well, thanks for having me. I registered the URL, so we're stuck with it. Thank you. <laughs> you spent the seven ninety nine yeah, on GoDaddy, we're, and we're, there's no turning back. It's no basically back a tattoo now. that you that you renew once a year. Exactly. So they're, they're or auto renew like, depending on your credit card information. Brian, thank you for joining us. Of course. <laughs> First question is always going to be the same. Okay. Uh, until I decide to change it. Uh, so uh, we'll start there. Is it? Do you have a better <laughs> title for a podcast? <laughs> no, uh, we. Uh, you're an interesting person. Uh, Thanks, you're, man. You're, you're you're a person who makes their living in media. You you work at IGN. You you're on the comedy button. You appear lots of different places. Knocking boots. Right? Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. You saved me uh, so much time on plugs. I just got that out of the way. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it again later. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, you, you and people know a lot about you. I think so. We're gonna start by asking you about somebody else who matters to you. This is kind of a sure. a, a good por- portion of what we do here is telling the stories uh, of the people who made us who we are uh, for, for the better. So uh, I want you to tell me about somebody you're thankful for. Who's someone you're thankful for? So I think the, the person that immediately comes to my mind is my mother. Um, I think t- to be thankful for somebody, it has to kind of be a two-way street in a lot of ways like i'm thankful for shigeru miyamoto for basically creating the modern day video game industry as we know it right um and i'm I'm thankful for chris cornell for making fucking weird alternative music in the 90s and rizza for producing some of my favorite beats of all time but i've never really interacted with any of those people i mean i met miyamoto for like an afternoon but i don't think he remembers it um but my mom i uh she she made me who I am, and I put her through hell. <laughs> you really? Oh, of course. Yeah. What? I mean, that's the best kind of two-way street you can offer a parent is is to put them through hell and then ultimately redeem yourself as a human being to the point where they're proud of you, and they can go, okay, that, that made sense. Well, let's start right there. Let's talk about that that pivot. Sure. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to the, the beginning and some other things later. Let's, let's talk about that pivot. What was the point in your life where... What's the setup? What was the hell? When did I start and giving my mom was, hell? And what was what? When did you start giving her hell? And what's the narrative of the rollover? What what caused that? To change? Well, if you ask her, um, which is a weird thing to just walk up to somebody and be like, "When did your son start giving you hell?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unprovoked, uh, she'll say the moment I was born. 
Okay. And I was um I was the firstborn child. I was uh I was born two weeks later than I should have been, which means I was just like I don't know I don't want to go out there. Yeah, you're just an enormous baby that does not yeah. want to leave. I would have turned ten in there if you could just <laughs> okay. if you could like put I don't know like food like real food in there like and just air cartoons. I would have stayed in there for a long time. But it's not all that different from your life now. No, not at all. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm I'm sort of in a giant womb now. Yeah. Uh, it's uh I was crying on day one like day one i was screaming i did not want to be there i cried uh morning the night i slept five minutes a year i i shit and screamed constantly <laughs> i was hell and when you're the thing is in in the, in the early 80s i was born in 1981 when you're when you're a baby and it's pre-internet there's no like what do, what do i do like google doesn't auto fill your answers for you you have like there's a book on your shelf written there's by that, there's that book that, right yeah written by dr spock which uh -huh. is fucked up because there's two spocks in your life growing up and one of them has ears that are pointy and can do that with his hands. And the other one tells you everything about how to be alive. Okay. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so that book was on the shelf for years growing up. And I knew I was giving my parents hell when they would reach up for it and pull it down and disappear huffing for a few hours and come back and be like, oh, all right. Well, this is normal. That's okay. But I was a firstborn. I have two younger brothers. And immediately I was screaming, crying, yelling. Uh, then I... I I grew older and, you know, I would just get in trouble. That's all I did. I okay. just constantly questioned authority, constantly pushed people's buttons. What was that all about? Um, I was short growing up and I was just sort of feisty. I had two Italian parents. One of them had come. My mom was, uh, was an immigrant from, the East, from, from Italy. Like she okay. actually came here on a boat, which was like fucking nuts to me because everything you know is around you. And then you're like, well, there's another land. Yeah. And it's better. How old was she when she came over? She was 16. So she came kicking and screaming. Like okay. that was that's something I don't think a lot of people can really identify with is the idea of like there are people who move growing up, mm -hmm. like military brats who move from town to town. There are people who just like their parents get in a, a fight and like the French the Fresh Prince, right? Yeah. Like he was like what 17 years yeah. 16 years old, 15, I don't know how. He was he he was 40. In, when he was 15 uh and just one day you're like i have to go to a new town this sucks my mom went to a new fucking civilization yeah like her dad believed all that streets are paved with gold shit and was, she was the fresh prince of florence yeah he was in the merchant my grandfather was in the merchant marines so he basically he was traveling the world he would come back every two years and be like look what i brought you like trinkets from a foreign land and they'd be like you have a son and he's way older now <laughs> like that was the trade-off so she didn't see your dad a lot and one day he was just like we got to go to the promised land. And this was like post that sort of like gangs in New York version of Ellis Island where they throw a rock at your head the second you get here. Yeah. Make you vote. Um, but it was still kind of fucked up. Like they fucked up her last name on the way in. You oh, know? really? Yeah. Okay. So are you, are you, what was, what was her last name? It was like, it's, it's rolling R's. So it's like Chirillo. Okay. And they, they took the O off and just put an I there. Oh. I don't know why. I would have made it smith or like so she had to live with kind of a weird mutant name immediately you know? so you get here you so when you're 16 like i went on vacation with my parents when i was 16 yeah i didn't want to go because i was like i have a girlfriend i'm gonna marry her you know like you, everything you think is gonna be forever when you're 16 16 is when you're kind of like at the top of your world right okay so they took her out of all of that and they put her on a boat with a suitcase that fit everything that she owned which to me like i don't know how big that suitcase was but when i hear that story it's her 
with this little briefcase and her brothers are like, Papa, we are going to America. You know, it's just like <laughs> five old goes wet. It's, you know. Or, yeah. yeah. For some reason, it's the 19th century. Everything's 100%. in sepia tone. Yeah. Okay. Everything's, yeah. Right. Yeah, everything's brown. And, you know, yeah. like there's you're on the boat for nine years and it's full of rats. Did and, she stand on the deck and the Statue of Liberty was there? Yeah. And the yeah. And like you lost that? 40 people at sea. Uh, like a, a bunch they of people actually? died of gangrene. No, I doubt it. Okay. I'm sure it was fine. But yeah, she did take a boat over here and she got here and uh, got to Ellis Island, went through that whole thing, uh-huh. um, and then immediately had to be indoctrinated into the, nor- the northern New Jersey or the Jersey City school system, Okay, uh, which is, uh, at the time, was full of a lot of people who were, had similar stories like that, but also full of a lot of people who were just like grew up in Jersey City, just kind of like the sons and daughters of like truck driving alcoholics. And, Describe know. Jersey City in one word. Um, <laughs> dirty, dirty. Okay, yeah, that's the one word for Jersey. And it's City. weird because New Jersey is the Garden State, right? Yeah. But Jersey City is specifically, um, and in a lot of ways it's gotten better. A lot of ways it's gotten worse. But Jersey City was specifically sort of shady, you know, like yeah. corrupt cops and, uh, like I heard a story once about this police officer that got he was in a high speed pursuit with somebody. Yeah. And he pulled out a shotgun. And just started firing down the street, which I think in 2016 is perfectly normal. Yeah, actually, that that seems hauntingly familiar. Yeah, but back then it was like perfectly okay. Um, so she was thrown into that, and all of a sudden she's like, "What is like? What are this? How do I be an American teenager?" Yeah, you know. So like most kids go through puberty and they're like, "Oh, my legs are weird now," and they're like, "How do I do with this?" She's like, "Fuck you! Everything I know is gone." Yeah, I've left like, everyone I ever loved behind. Did she speak English? Did she learn? Well, the she thing learned. is, here's a trick. Like anyone else from anywhere else in the world can come to America and immediately hit the ground running because they are they're taught English at a young age. Like okay, she t- learned English in second grade. Good. And in America, you maybe take half of a language when you're like fifteen. So that was to her advantage. Yeah. To a point there, she yeah. was actually ready for it. Yeah, Whereas, like, if I went to France when I was in the middle of my French classes. I would like all they taught me in French class was how to tear like Revlon ads out of mags. And they're like, That's a French word. Bring those into school. Like it was a treasure hunt. So did your mom act out on this? No, no. She was completely behaved. She was wonderful. She was also like um, her parents were old school Italians. Right. OK. So they were like very much like I won't say like medieval, but there's a much more traditional path that someone like her would have been on. She came from a long line of women who at a young age have to sew their 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 sheets for their wedding night. Oh wow. Five. You ever heard of that shit? No, I don't know about that. Yeah, like five year old Italian women start sewing a, a this huge thing and they're like, what's this for? And they're like, well someday you're gonna get fucked on this thing. So it's weird. The and, they, weird. and they give five year olds needles? That's the most disturbing part for me. Yeah, I mean we give five year olds guns in America, don't we? <laughs> so that some do. That's yeah. true. That that so, does happen. Yeah, so I think like for her to 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 come to America as sort of this like strong independent woman and then not immediately just become a housewife but yeah. also start like focusing on college and career and all the other stuff and the thing with her was like immediately she wasn't given the opportunity of college her parents were like don't go go work in a bank make money and marry somebody and fall in love and she always wanted to go to college and okay. she she wasn't given that opportunity until she was 34 years old but she did go eventually she went eventually when she was 34 and she had three sons she went to Columbia which is a fucking prestigious ass school, yeah. Ivy League, uh, and then she went to Pratt, which is another prestigious ass school. Both. How did she swing that? How did she make that happen? She started taking night classes while raising kids, and started taking community classes. Built together an awesome portfolio. She wanted to be an architect. Okay, she's the kind of person we're jumping around a lot. That's okay. No, that's that's just fine. But the best thing about my mom was that when she couldn't shove a pacifier in my mouth and make me stop crying, she handed me art supplies. 
when I would come up to her, bored, miserable, angry, getting in trouble, she'd slide a whole, you know, Tupperware full of like paint supplies, uh, you know, really nice markers, pens, pastels, clay, stuff she kept around because she cared about it yeah. for architecture work or both. things that she knew. Both. You it was half like her abandoned supplies that she okay. had moved on while getting new stuff and um, stuff that she was just like create like here's a huge box of 64 crayolas you know here's a big box of prismacolor markers so did she so did she become an architect did it she did out? she okay. did and the cool thing about that was there was this amazing crossover architects at the time before it was like 100 percent autocad which is the architecture design program or yeah. this was for a while um had to build architectural models out of foam core and exacto blades and like this weird smelly glue yeah and she'd be up at two o'clock in the morning this is like the one anecdote that will always stick with me from my mom is that she was up at two o'clock in the morning, 35 years old, three kids asleep. Uh, my dad asleep upstairs and she's building an architecture model and the power went out because it started raining. Thunderstorms in New Jersey were a big thing. And she cut her finger on the exacto blade and wrapped it up in tape because there were no band-aids in the house. So her fingers are gushing blood. She's wrapping it up in basically like artist tape yeah. and, surrounded by candles like candlelight at the kitchen table she's building architecture models and i heard her crying and i came upstairs and i was like mom what's wrong and she's like i don't know why i'm doing this and i'm like because you're you're good at it you love it and she was like do you want to be an architect when you grow up and i was like i did but not anymore (laughs) you said that to her (laughs) and that was like because that's when i realized like it's not just (laughs) <laughs> architecture is not just sculptures that people live in like it has to be structurally sound if you make a funny building like yeah. it's a it's a sad funeral you know like a lot of people die in a funny building how 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 old were you when this story happened uh i was probably 13 14 years old and i just now have this mental image of you and your mom making those little buildings in nakatomi plaza yeah. on the top floor yeah, yeah. anyway so the cool thing about that is like when i was 12 or 13 whenever i was uh, I was still buying action figures, so she would bring these architecture models into classes yeah. and um, either get a good grade on them or get them torn off the wall or torn off the desk, whatever it was. In Pratt, they were so vicious, and it's amazing I even went to art school myself, but they would actually take your shit, and if they didn't like it, they would rip it in half in front of the room. Wow. Like, vicious, vicious shit. So what was, the, what was the philosophy behind that? Break people. If you break people, they don't come back. It's the same thing the military does. I mean, it's okay. the same thing a lot of art schools do is that sort of boot camp of like, we're going to make the first year classes nine hours long. And mm-hmm. when you when you leave, uh, you'll never come back because you're horrified. But the people that stick with this, it's going to get easier for them in a lot of ways. Like gross ana- anatomy yeah. in med school. Exactly. Like okay. I, I was wondering about that. So you, so you, your mom came over here. She she jumped forward and like she made this dream happen despite three children. She, she made the dream come to life. Do you feel like – what was it like for, for her looking at you as a self-described kind of problem kid, always in trouble? Was it hard for her to deal with the fact that she had gone through so many challenges? Yes, 100%. And then she saw you acting yeah. out and she what describe that. No, I mean I heard many times like I didn't, you know, come across the world for this shit. That that kind of thing. She actually said that? Were it's you know, half the words might have been Italian. And, yeah. But uh she like it sucked for my parents cuz they're they're now both teachers. They're both very well read, very well spoken people. Um my dad and mom both know like Almost every romance language. My dad's a translator. He translates in every language. And I'm there I am flunking out of French class, you know? And they're just kind of like, what's what's the deal? Like, every single teacher would call them up. I got in trouble constantly. And they'd be like, Brian is a really smart kid, but he doesn't give a shit. doesn't apply himself. And that was like the running theme was like, we know there's something there, 
why don't you give a shit about this? And I'm like, because I can already tell this doesn't matter, oh. which is, it's a very, it's, it's, it's like fucking wearing the glasses from They Live. You're like, oh, fuck. Like, I wish I didn't have these because now I see monster people everywhere. You everywhere know? You look. So how, how did, how did she deal with that? I mean, uh, what became, when, how about this? Let me ask you Discipline. This they, I mean, they either, uh, like my parents are old, you know, old, old country. So they'd smack you in the back of the head <laughs> or they'd just take your shit away. Yeah. And for me, it was my video games. Like they took away, which is like the biggest irony nowadays is yeah. to be like, mom, if you had let me keep those video games, like I might be running IGN instead I'm just where I am. Uh, but they would take my Nintendo, they'd take the controllers. Once they figured out they didn't need, that you needed the controllers to play Nintendo, they would just take the controllers. Before that, they would rip the system out of the wall. and like, Yeah, but once they figured out it was useless without the controllers. Yeah, okay. yeah. and then I, there would be this whole fucking scavenger hunt of like, where are the controllers? Are and they? I wait for them to go to sleep, and I'd find them, go downstairs, beat Mega Man, all that kind of fun stuff. You know, like you couldn't keep me from that. that so was, where did the appreciation begin for you where you, or the rollover happened when you began to perceive what was going on, where you, you saw the, the, the tension between where she'd come from, where you were, and you rolled over from, from pushing back to gaining a relationship where you were understanding what all this actually meant. I think they had a very, one of hundreds of very heated, very personal one-on-ones with my teachers. Um, we used to get these things called progress reports in the mail, which they sent you if you're good and they yeah. sent you if you're bad. So I've heard. I don't know a single person that ever got a good one. Because it's just like YouTube comments. No one's ever like, oh, this is great. They're always like, fuck this shit. I got great progress reports. You Really? Yeah. Oh, fuck you, man. Really? Right, what yeah, the totally. fuck? Always. Nerd. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, no, so I used to get these things in the mail when I was in first grade. They were sad faces. and um, <laughs> Literally, they would give you a sad face to bring home, and your dad had to sign a sad face or your mom and bring it back in. And the first time I ever forged a signature was in first grade. I wrote my dad's name in my broken ass. I didn't even have to do like my the R's were backwards and stuff like that. Um, so they just had a lot of very personal conversations with teachers. What's wrong? What do we do? Should we put him in a special school? Does she, should he be on Ritalin? Like, you know, they, they kick you around the system a lot. Right. Yeah. And I think I had, I think I just missed by like three or four years that sort of Ritalin epidemic that hit every other kid who was bouncing off the walls or creative, artistic, a little bit outside of the box. Yeah. Uh, so they had this conversation and they were like, look, Brian's failing at a French class right now. What can we do? And my mom was like, he really likes art. And they're like, well, why didn't he ever tell us that? And they're like, well, did you ever ask him or did you just yell at him? Like, well, we mostly <laughs> yell at him. We're terrible. That's why we work at high school. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So they're, uh, they had a conversation with them and I was in the middle. I remember this. I was in freshman year of high school and I'm in the middle of a, of a French test. And the, the, there's this, we had these loudspeakers in class. You probably never heard them for yourself. Fucking smiley face nerd <laughs> but i heard him constantly he would go like Doot! brian altano to please to please come to room 107 i don't think they said please that would have been too much they just said yeah no, brian altano come to 107 and depending on how fast they were saying it you know how fucked you were yeah. it was never like if it was like brian altano please come to room 107 it was like we found your thermos yeah if uh, it was quick but they said it fast which was like get the fuck down here so i walked out of the and the teacher was like right now he's in the middle of a test and they were like right now like you're in, at war and they're on walkie talkies yeah so i go down there and the guidance counselor this guy mr downey right like your, your guidance counselor's name was mr Downey. yeah exactly uh, donnie downer <laughs> were, you, were you were you born in a victorian novel right i like, mean what that's the fuck? yeah this crazy old or like lady a, in a the Richard attic scary and, book? Yeah, yeah exactly yeah so uh they go okay um what are you doing right now and i'm like i'm talking to you and he's like oh asshole no like what were you doing in that class and he was like 
I was like, I'm just taking a French cl- uh, French test. And he's like, well, how is it going? And I'm like, it's going great. I think I'm doing really well. And he's like, did you study a lot for it? And I was like, totally. And he's like, how are we, like, be totally honest. Like, do you, what do you think you're going to get on this test? And I'm like, easily a, at least a B, a B or B plus. And he was like, now, like, be totally honest with me. And I was like, I'm failing it. I didn't study. I don't know a word of that language. Please do everything you can to get me out of it. <laughs> and he was like, what do you think of art? And I was like, I fucking love it. Like, it's great. You get to draw, like, Spider-Man, but he, like, he has a dick. And I'm like, anything you want. It's the world is your oyster. So, so he goes, okay. So you, you got into art, so did you go I got, I got into, like, seven different art classes. Yeah. So they took me out of all the bullshit. And this is probably illegal, but it totally works. Uh, and they threw me at like every single art class they could, and all of a sudden I was top to bottom in in art. And my mom, who had just graduated with like a nice degree a couple years before from, from I think she was even still in the middle of it yeah. from Pratt, getting her master's in architecture. All of a sudden, it made me go, okay, I understand what it's like to create stuff specifically for a class and then put it up on the wall for other people to judge and get ripped apart or not feel good or whatever it is. Um, so immediately we bonded. We immediately had this connection that had been long dormant since I was a little kid drawing and stuff like that. And uh, we immediately were like, okay, you found something you love. Go go find it. So go you had get a it. sympathy and an empathy yeah. built through art for both of you. Yeah, and right? because of that, I got into a bunch of classes in college. And, I, you know, I still got in tons of trouble because there's a lot of trouble you can get in outside of just school i mean yeah sure oh there's all kinds of trouble but yeah does she still does she still share that that connection with you now oh I mean, yeah she, of course yeah? of course yeah is she still doing architecture uh to an extent yeah like she's actually like she's on like a much higher plane from it now like okay. she's actually doing like she does like city planning for like or she's on like the the like the, the town sort of like building org and all that kind of still stuff. in jersey city no, in it just in a different part of New Jersey. Okay, different part yeah. of New Jersey. Yeah, and she teaches she teaches art um at a at a college. Uh, mm-hmm. She teaches two D art, so it's like you know it's weird because my dad he's more of a writer and a reader philosophy type of person, um, so that's where I learned how to like write and talk, and for my mom I learned how to create and how to how to fail. Who's your mom's favorite artist? Um, there's uh. An, she loved uh she, she mostly architects actually she it was weird because she she brought me to the uffizi when mm-hmm. i was like I, some of my i learned to walk in art museums in in europe you know i was i learned to walk in italy i w- i spent the first year in i want to say tw- the first two years of my life were in 12 different cities in europe and she brought me to art museums and just parked me in front of them uh she loves picasso she loves um the falling gardens guy the architect. I, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, Don't worry about it. Yeah, she had this great book called Le, Le Beau's Woods growing up. There was this really like sort of avant-garde abstract architecture, um, which I learned a lot of my line work from. Like the kind of thing where like when I was bored and I didn't want to watch anything on TV, like I would pull one of her art books off the off hmm. the these impossibly large tomes that weighed more than me and flip one open and have it collapse on my laps and just look at these gigantic drawings and paintings um yeah for her like if you asked her it'd be a different story because she she'd probably tell you a different artist every single day okay um she had a lot of van gogh prints hanging up in the house mm-hmm. you know stuff like that she surrounded herself in, in beautiful paintings um and if you asked her when i was in high school she would have said my son you know like every good mother or All grandmother right. Right. everyone's their their art star is is their own family but she proud of you oh yeah 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 when's the last time you saw her um, I saw her about a month and a half, two months ago, which has been tough because 
as some of you may know, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer four months ago today. Um, and it's been difficult because I live in California and she wants me, she wants me to continue my life and be happy. And we both want to strike that balance between like knowing that, that knowing that she's not going to be there forever and Mm -hmm. also not flying out at the drop of like my back hurts. Is it cancer? I don't know. Like did it spread there? I don't know. Well, maybe it is. Maybe this will be the last. But she's doing better than anyone anticipated. And it's been tough, you know, like I FaceTime with her constantly a couple times a week. And, you know, sometimes you can tell she's doing really well with it. And sometimes it it chips away. You know, it's just I think sort of anybody who's been in any prolonged medical procedure knows how it just takes a little bit out of you each time. Mm-hmm. And the idea of, I think specifically Italians are hardwired to live until they're 90 something. <laughs> Both of my grandparents, her parents, who've had like a strict diet of, of uh, pasta, olive oil, and red wine for 91, 92 years now, are both completely healthy. Yeah. You know, like my grandfather fell down the back steps in his house in Jersey City, um, fell down 15 concrete steps, and got up looking like Anakin Skywalker at the end of Return of the Jedi. And, uh, He's fine. They put like 40 stitches in his head. He's okay. <laughs> so they just live forever. And I think for her to all of a sudden be like, wait a minute, like I never smoked and never did anything bad. Like why, why am I being punished for this? So she's going to fight it for as long as she can. I know she will because she's just as stubborn as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I mean, that's, that's been the really tough thing about it. I think she's also, it's weird when you get cancer when you're that age because you kind of look back and you go like, did I accomplish everything I wanted to? Am I proud? And she looks at her kids and she looks at her family and she looks at her life and she goes, yeah, I am. And it's like a weird, it's a weird sort of feeling because you she, should she have. talked to you about that? Oh, yeah. 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 I've talked to her about it. I think yeah. that it, it took it took me kind of like bringing that conversation to her. Nobody really stops to look back. You never do because you just assume it keeps going. Just like I assume the phone in my back pocket would keep ringing and be her, her picture would pop up. You know, one day that stops and one day stops with everybody. So I think that ultimately it's good to sort of pause and go like, what have I accomplished? Like, And, you know, how long am, am I going to be able to appreciate it? I, uh, I try to keep the thrust of these conversations on the person you're talking about, but I want to ask you that, Donna. Um, turn, that, turn that lens on yourself, Donna, for a second. Mm-hmm. What's your answer to that question uh, when it comes to your life? Um, I'm, I'm probably way better at that than I should be. And I think I'm way better at that than I think a lot of people in my industry are specifically, because I think this is a very, it's a very like the word content get through, gets thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. Max Goville and I were just talking about this morning about how we don't like that word because it feels like it's taking something passionate and heartfelt and boiling it down to just like a churn, like mm-hmm. the sort of factory drive of. Um, make stuff and there's a lot of like reacting to news here's a new thing make this thing churn out videos do this do this do this very few people actually stop and go like oh my god it's been five years since we started doing the comedy button it's like and that's why specifically doing that show um it gave us a an a time that show is about reflection as it much as it is propelling forward as an adult and not really knowing what you're doing but it's about having conversations with people you care about reminiscing about dumb shit you used to love um, there's so much like, what's tomorrow? What's tomorrow? What's tomorrow? The, not a lot of few people stop and go like, oh my God, we've been doing this for five years. 
Like, but when you do that, yeah. you look at yourself and you go, I mean, are you satisfied with what you see? Well, yes. I mean, I I have the, I have that curse my mom passed to me, which is as an artist, you never feel like you're doing enough. Like you're never you want to you uh, artists and she told me this selfishly create the world in their vision and architects do that better than anybody else because everybody has to walk inside their fucking art yeah and, and sleep and shit and sit, have sex and do all the other fun stuff I mean she does a lot of government buildings so that'd be weird mm-hmm. if you just went in there and fucked but whatever I'm sure it happens want. it does happen it happens everywhere that's the sex is an epidemic uh, a good uh, one though that's a good one no yeah. so I think ultimately like you create the world in your vision as an artist and whether that's like you make an album that you hog people's ears for 35 minutes or you make a painting and people have to see it on the way out of a building or uh, you make a building and you have to walk into it and live and sleep and fuck um, you never really feel like you've done enough and that's the curse and that was like her thing was that like she was working full time and then teaching at night or on the planning board yeah uh, while my dad was working three jobs and like they didn't need to for the money. This wasn't like this sort of Dickensian street poet shit yeah. where they're like, oh, my son needs medicine, leg medicine, whatever it was. Uh, I don't know if that kid needed leg medicine or just a new leg or how that works. Uh, he, he needed leg medicine. Okay. Was yeah. that it? Yeah. He, his legs weren't falling off. They just had problems. They seem really fucked up. Well, yeah, they, I mean, I, you know, I'm not- Does that kid dick- die? I, no. If, if these events had gone unchanged, he would have died. Like but if it wasn't changed. It wasn't for the ghost? helped him and he didn't die. Got it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, you want it, you keep making shit because you're never done. There's always something to make. Yeah. So that's the hard part of like being able to reflect and being nostalgic about what you what you've created, what you've accomplished, and who you're surrounded by, um, and the world you're in. You know, like just to geek out about the fucking Ninja Turtles every now and then is, is fun, and also cross that with that curse of like I need to keep making stuff to feel so you, alive. So you're not done. Are you satisfied? Am I done? You're not done. With that's what? clear. You're not done. You're but, not. You no, Jesus fucking the, Christ. But no. but. Are you satisfied? I'm immensely satisfied with what I've done so far in the face of the fact that I probably shouldn't have been able to pull off any of it. That's funny. Thank you for for telling us about this person you're thankful for. Sure. For telling us about your mom. This is all this is all her fault. Yeah. You it, know? It, it, that's you know, well we'll 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 blame her. But what do you uh, <laughs> what's what's the first thing you're gonna do when you're in the room with her again? I'm gonna if she's laying in a bed, I'm gonna cuddle up right next to her and put my arms around her. Uh if not she won't be. She'll be running. That's the thing. Like she's stage four cancer, but you couldn't tell. She's one of those people. That, she's one of those like fucking motivational things you see on Facebook that are like, "I'm dying and I went on a mountain." You know, like that's her. Yeah. And I love her for that. It's, it's that stubbornness. Uh, I'll run in the room and give her a big hug, and I'll tell her to sit down, and I'll take over whatever she's doing because I don't want her doing it. And then the second I get on the plane, she'll pick up the broom and like yeah, just do exactly, yeah, exactly. Same. It's just the way she is. I think I. I Really appreciate you sharing that with of us. Of course. We're going to shift over for a second to, uh, these are kind of a battery of little questions. I don't have a name for this yet. Um, kind of a, sort of a lightning round of little things I want to ask mm-hmm. people that are on. So, What's like so, a quick, what's a quick soup? <laughs> I don't know. It's quick, a delicious quick soup. Well, I mean, uh, chicken noodle can be prepared quickly. It can. Uh, um, I, I walked home the other night and it was just cold enough where I was like, I think I can make chicken noodle soup in 40 minutes. Did I you did. do it? Yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah, a, a can of corn soup can be prepared in seconds. A can of anything can be prepared in seconds, depending on how sad you are. Well, corn soup actually comes in like like uh, paper cartons too. You can really? pour it in a mug and just put it in the microwave. And I, I used to do that in Japan sometimes. So, what's uh? Let's start down the battery here. You ready? You ready to go for this? Sure. You gonna do this thing? A battery change <laughs> of tone. All right, here we go. What's the best song written in the last one hundred years? Fucking shit! Really? How can yeah. I... Yeah. What is it? <sighs> Commit. The best song written in the last one hundred years. Yeah, um, I want to say 
The people of America are waiting. I kind of want to say Creep by Radiohead. Oh, I hate you so much Why? right now. No, no, that this is supposed to be a no judgment zone, and then I judged, so I may edit that out. No, that's fine. You can hate me. No, I, no, I just, no. Why I, creep? Why creep? Um, well, f- like sonically, it's fucking incredible because you think you're listening to a completely different song until those like incredibly guttural guitars come in. Yeah. Um, I think I might that m- I might have sort of lost part of my virginity to that song, and also <laughs> it's it's about it's awesome that you just hear somebody on the radio that was just like. I'm fucking shit, aren't I? Like, this sucks. Like, I really wanted to be a good dude, and it didn't work out. Next one. What's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? Uh, can I use it? Because that can that be it? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. That's a, that's a good answer. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Coffee. Uh, if you could travel through time and visit anybody, who would you visit? Probably a dinosaur. A dinosaur? Yeah. yeah. Any particular species? Like one that wouldn't eat me. Would be okay. Cool. Yeah? yeah? Do you have a favorite dinosaur? you like a dinosaur you like? I mean, I really like Stegosaurus. I think that's just a fucked up shit to be. You know, like, it's like, you have to, there's no reason for that. Like, if they, if they wanted to just put spikes on his tail, that's fine, but they did it on the whole thing. Like, uh-huh. come on. Why would you do that? Very no funky. one else really has to suffer that fate, except for Ankylosaurus, who's just like, well, Ankylosaurus is is my favorite dinosaur, so I I, I like that one. Too. I like him because he also gets a ball <laughs> on his on his tail. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, "Hello, I'll have a mace tail." They're That's like, right. "Hey, I want to let you know that if you want to eat the most impossible to eat dinosaur body, I'm going to make it very difficult for you first. What's the most terrifying creature in the natural world right now? I think is uh, Komodo dragons. Yeah, yeah. Frightened of those? Yeah, those guys are fucked up. They'll like they they put poison in your ankle and then follow you around for like a week. For more on that, listen to a recent comedy podcast. That's true. That's right. We get uh, into that. What's your favorite word? Fuck. Okay. For sure. Yeah, it's the most versatile. And you're not allowed to use it in a lot of places, which makes it special. Makes and it doesn't special. really hurt anyone. Just feel special. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who was your first kiss? Um, A girl named Jess on, uh, in what's it called? I want to say it's seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah. Ninth grade, ninth grade, first kiss, ninth grade. I don't think she, that wasn't her first kiss. Mm-hmm. And if you asked her about it, she'd be like, yuck. Yuck, okay. <laughs> My first kiss was also a Jess, but I was five. Cake or pie? Um, Cake. Pie is sad. It's just fucked up. Come on, what are you, like, pie is disgusting. Get it together. Oh, I made a fruit spread and I shoved it inside this fucking pancake stack. Like, what's wrong with you? It's so dumb. No one ever has pie on their birthday. It's fucking tragic. Pie is miserable. I have pie on my birthday. No, you don't. I do. Why? Because they're out of cake? No, because I love pie. Could you imagine putting like action figures all over a pie? All over a pie? Why would you put action figures all or over a pie? Or a candle with a number on it? Oh, congrats. Oh, it sunk <laughs> into the into the molten sunk abyss. into the deliciousness. No, it didn't. It did. No, it didn't. Sunk it's into the Pies are fucking awful. You should feel ashamed. I hope you don't spread that to other people's birthdays. Guess what I brought you? Guess what I am? I a hundred rats followed me here because I play a flute. Don't bring a pie anywhere. <laughs> fucking pies question. are horrible. All right, last one. Uh, what's <laughs> what's uh, one question you want to ask me? Why pie? Why pie? Uh, because pie is succulent. No, can I ask you a better one? Yeah. Why absolutely. are you doing the show? Uh, I'm doing the show uh, because I really do like the idea of maybe having a, a little happy uh, Bob Rossish space. Uh, in the world where I can take these, I'm surrounded every day by interesting people. 
It's true. I really, I, I, I just, I work in, in a, in a city and in, in a vocation that constantly exposes me to brilliant, fascinating, intelligent human beings. And I'd like to tell their stories and let them tell stories of the people that matter to them or just tell stories in general. I, ultimately, that's it. This is a storytelling show. The idea here is that I love stories. I love the act of writing. And I want to get these stories out there so that people have can can relate, catch them. Wow, this is not a good pitch. No, you're uh, doing great. I love but it. But yeah, this is what I am. Um, uh, ultimately, it's about getting stories told and taking the taking the lens off of all the screaming for a little while. I don't want this to be sappy, although I don't mind. Or how about sappy's even okay? I don't want it to be saccharine. I just want it to be people telling the best stories they know about the people that matter, and uh, hopefully we can make that work. And uh, I'm also doing this because uh, I've had an interest in a while in, in challenging myself and doing something right different. And uh, this is uh, something I'm going to do to try to um, branch out and, and continue to, to build what I do because I, I care about this. That's my answer. And uh, that's, a, that's a great. I'm glad I didn't just stick with the pie thing. Right? Uh, <laughs> then we would just been fighting this whole yeah, time. So that's what that's why I'm doing this. And um, uh, and uh, unabashedly uh, also for profit. Um, if anybody uh, wants to help out with that. It's not unabashed. I mean, there's this weird sort of like, oh, I, I shouldn't be paid for my work. Yeah, I, 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 I don't at all mind being asked. So, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's what I'll be. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But, Brian, thank you. Thank you for telling Thanks us for about your me. mother. I Honestly. Really, no, I'm glad I'm glad you were here. I, you were wonderful. Good luck so with the, the pocket soup. Yeah. Uh, Is that what's called? The pocket soup? No, it's called Pockets Full of Soup. Uh, you can find us at pocketsfullofsoup.com. Uh, you can uh, also visit our Patreon. Uh, that be Jared Petty's Patreon page or just Google Pockets Full Soup or go to the .com and you'll find it there. And if you'd like to support the show, uh, that's how we stay on the air. And uh, I certainly wouldn't mind uh, anything you'd be willing to give. We have some uh, neat little things there you can check out. But yeah, Pockets Full of Soup on Twitter, Facebook, all the other usual Do you Do you love soup? I adore soup. Do you adore soup? Because you're gonna, people are gonna start sending you soup. No, I really love soup. That's I'm how okay. that works. If you want to send me soup? That's fine. I'm good with that. We should have called the comedy button like steak station or something. No, like I think that. I think the comedy button's a better name. Get these like freeze blocks. Probably get free Omaha free buttons. Steaks. We don't even get free buttons. No one no one wants to send you buttons. That's so. like something like a, a weird tragic like <laughs> Victorian bear. <laughs> we don't get buttons. So what about you? Uh, this we do you know plugs are good. And yeah. um you you do a lot of things. You're you're an artist uh, in in many mediums. Uh, mm -hmm. visual visual art. You're also a, you're a comedian. You make people laugh. You're an entertainer. You're a writer. Where can they find all the things you make? Um, you can find me, uh, I, I can't say you can find me without I'm 50 cent being like, you can't find me in the club. That's like a curse I have. It's bad. Um, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, uh, agent Bizzle. I'm also on IGN all the time, just doing tons of videos with, uh, my good friend, Max Scoville. We do up at noon. We do podcast beyond. Uh, we also have the comedy button, which is our weekly comedy variety show, which you've been on like half a dozen times. Yeah. A few at this times point. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you like this and, and you want more of whatever we just did. But yes. but but the, the, that end of the table multiplied several times because they're all hilarious human beings sharing with utter sincerity stories you want to hear. It's it's a wreck. I, I no, I, I you guys do a great thing. <laughs> thank, well, thank you. I also I also have an album called Misanthrope. It's free. It's at misanthropealbum.com, and I'm working on a new record right now. It should be done in a few months, hopefully. So, well, thanks, Brian, for coming on. Thanks and for having uh, me. Thank you for watching and listening to Pockets Full of Soup. We'll be uh, moving on to the letter section next. Uh, so uh, get ready for that. 
Hi, guys. Uh, Welcome to the mail and announcement section of the show. But first off, a very special thanks to our Patreon producer, Xavier Sandemont Tremblay, whose generous support makes the show possible every week. Thank you so much, Xavier, for acting as our Patreon producer. Uh, It's been an incredible, unbelievable, unthinkably mind-boggling week for for me uh, looking at the response to the show. I want to offer thanks to each and every one of you who's shown such tremendous generosity in listening and watching and writing and subscribing and in backing on Patreon, however you've chosen to take part. So many stories, so many letters from people, beautiful things people have written, incredible stories they've shared, so much positive encouragement, people offering to do art, people offering music, just all kinds of amazing things. I am doing my best to sort through it. I am frankly just stunned and flattered and bowled over and a very special thanks to uh, some of the people that have helped me put this together Greg Miller and Tim Geddes and Nick Scarpino and and Colin Moriarty who who has just backed me to the hilt on this Brian Altano who just appeared on the show and Max Scoville the guys at the comedy button uh, the good people at IGN who have just gone to the moon for me I, I, I can't think of enough and my wife Angie who is a constant and wonderful support. Um, but thank you so much, viewers and listeners, for being a part of this community. I'm setting the time for our first Patreon group Google Hangout for June 20th at 11 a.m. PST. Once again, that'll be Saturday, June 20th, 11 a.m. Pacific time. If you're part of the Google Hangout tier on our Patreon, you can come to that. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk for a while. It's going to be fun. Uh, You'll have to figure out how the time zones adapt because I'm bad at math. But we're going to get together and chat for a while, and it's going to be a really fun hangout. I cannot wait to meet so many of you guys there. So once again, June 20th, 11 a.m. Pacific. uh, That's on a Saturday. Our first Patreon Google Hangout for members of that tier. Our first Patreon-exclusive audio episode should be ready in a couple of weeks. That's for all Patreon uh, backers. Every single person who gives a dollar or more on Patreon gets that free monthly audio episode. Looking forward to that getting out there. And for those who are uh, are giving at uh, the $5 level, Pizza and Dinosaurs presents The Thirst of Laser Dracula. That'll be out before the end of the month. Uh, that's our special monthly serial. Think of it as a kind of a bedtime story for grown-ups. This is me writing ridiculous fiction and then reading it in sort of audiobook form. I hope you guys enjoy it. I have picked the title for the first episode uh it is a dark and stormy bite uh so we'll move on from there um we're also hoping to be set up by i on itunes by mid-month that's the plan uh we do have a plan to get on itunes i've also gotten some requests for the for google play so we'll probably try to make that work as well in the meantime if you're looking for audio you can find us on soundcloud and as always you can find us on youtube if you haven't joined our Facebook group yet, uh, you should because it's fun and positive and nice and uh, kittens are always on topic. Uh, you can find us a couple of ways. You can either go to YouTube and search for the Pockets Full of Soup Facebook group. You can just go to pocketsfullofsoup.com. There's a link there. Uh, there. There's a lot of places you can find it. Uh, but you're absolutely welcome there. It's a very positive, fun group of people. We're already talking about some neat stuff. And now to the mail. Uh, if I don't read your uh, letter this week, do not be uh, alarmed. Uh, I'm not uh, going to read all of them the first week here, but here's some of the thank yous uh, that we've gotten from people this week. Uh, thank yous to people that matter in their lives. If I mispronounce your name, please forgive me. Uh, from Joseph from Berlin, Germany. He says, I'm thankful for my mother, Rita. She's one of the strongest women out there and did it all by herself. Thank you, Mama. I love you. From Keanu Sue, this message. 
My parents are like ice and fire. They never not argue. I inherited both of their qualities. I see both sides. I understand yin and yang. From Jeremy. Thank you to my mother Barb, who was always led by example when showing me the type of person I should strive to become. And then this message uh, from uh, Sua from China, who says, Endless gratitude and appreciation to my wife, Pupu. She is the best thing that has happened to me. So that's from Zua from China. And uh, those are the thank you messages that we have this week on Pockets Full of Soup. If you'd like to send a thank you message from someone, please keep them to 140 characters or less. And you can send those to mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com. Once again, mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com. Try to keep those thank you messages to that length so we can uh, get them all read. And if you want to send other mail to the show, of course, you're welcome to do that. If you want me to be able to read your letter online, uh, please let me know. I, I'm reluctant to read just private correspondence. Or like, hey, it's okay to read this online. You can put that in there. That would be helpful to know too. So, guys, gals, human beings, people, I I don't know where to start. Um, I've cried more than once this week uh, over what's happening here. I I really just do not have the words um, for the, how fortunate and uh, extraordinarily. I, not to get cheesy, how how blessed I feel right now by by you folks. So thank you for making my life better, and I hope that you're going to enjoy uh, the upcoming shows just as much as you have what you've seen so far, if not more. Always open to suggestions, uh, always open to comments, and uh, thank you so much. Until next time, this is Pockets Full of Soup. I'm your host, Jared Petty, and uh, thank you. <laughs>